Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Well, I just noticed we're hitting a landmark today. It is our 250th show this very day. Who knew we would have this going on for so long? Well, we have a fun and hopefully profound show for you today. It's about mind your own business. No, we're not telling you to mind your own business. In the usual sense, that interjection is spoken. We're interested in you exploring your mind more deeply, which is your own business. First off, your mind is definitely your business and no one else's. Just as someone else's mind is their business and not yours. Normally, when you feel you have to tell someone else to just mind their own business, you're telling them to back off from trying to control how you live or think or feel or do things, right? They're crowding your private space in which you need the freedom to just be you the way you happen to be. The part of the mind that you consider to be your mind is yours. It's not correct for someone else to push into that space to try to change it or do something to it. They have to keep that in their own mind space. It's part of learning about free will. Yet, contrary to popular belief, everyone doesn't have separate little minds per se. The mind is undivided and limitless. If so, how can there really be your mind and their mind? Ah, that's where each of us tends to stake out our claims. It's a bit like squatters' rights. We each have the entire free, limitless space of mind or consciousness to have our awareness and experiences in to start with. Yet, as long as we consider ourselves separate units or bodies of any sort, we immediately begin to limit our territory of the limitless mind. In a sense, this is where all the so-called control games begin. It's a kind of battle for individual freedom as bodies instead of realizing we are already infinite and therefore completely free beingness. The individual soul, once under the influence of assuming that it is an individual and separate from the undivided, limitless wholeness that is life, it begins to build up a kind of protective fortress of images and energies around its most sensitive and powerful essential energy. Many people think of that as their inner heart or core of beingness. That begins to harden their heart with protective barriers against whatever they consider to be a threat to their well-being. Yet any of you Star Trek fans have heard of the deadly Borg's 
declaring, resistance is futile. You will be assimilated. Well, isn't that what most of us are terrified of? Being assimilated into something unknown to us and losing who we are? Yikes. Ah, but that is the survival of the individual ego. It insists that if it doesn't remain separate from the wholeness of life, it will die or worse yet, cease to exist. It will be assimilated. (laughs) Of course, what your ego doesn't want you to know is that you are not the ego. You are not separate and isolated and fighting for your survival every step of the way. You are. You are spirit in truth. You never die. So that inner conflict that everyone has within them all of the time is essentially the ego fighting for its existence and so-called freedom as an individual identity separate from the whole that is life. The biggest challenge in mastering your own mind is deciding how you would like to relate to that ego always hankering at you in some way. (laughs) It can be a worse distraction than your screen time. It's usually a bit more annoying than a persistent fly buzzing around your face. Ah, but remember, resistance is not only futile, but it's about the only thing that could bring you down. Of course, ultimately, nothing could bring you down as the immortal, limitless, creative spirit that you are. Nothing. Yet we all tend to fall for a variety of the ego's strategy to control the game in its favor. That's where it becomes most important to explore the mind more carefully and learn to master your awareness. After all, awareness is not only something you have, it is part of who you are. You cannot separate yourself from the awareness that you are, even if you don't like what you are aware of. This is one of the big reasons that recognizing judgments in your mind and practicing neutrality to let go of those images that contain judging thoughts and feelings from your mind are so important in learning to master your own mind. Judgments isolate you from not only the whole of life, but from your own awareness. The only purpose for judgment is to distance yourself from that which threatens you. The illusion of judgment is that the more you judge, the safer you are from that which you are judging. Yet, that isn't true, is it? You don't have to judge that something that is dangerous is bad in order to avoid it. You just have to use your common sense and wisdom. When you don't get hung up on a judgment, you retain your free will to make a wise choice in the situation. On the flip side, have you ever judged a person to be really a good person and later on felt that you got burned by trusting that person? When you make decisions based on judgments that hold that you hold in your mind, you stop trusting your own intuitive knowingness of what's correct for you at any given moment. All judgment pictures are either or in nature. Either you're good or you're bad. Either you're right about this or you're wrong. Truth, on the other hand, is never divided. When you base your decisions on what you intuitively know within you to be true for you, things ultimately come out for the best, even 
if it looks like you made the wrong decision at first. It's important in those situations to not jump to a conclusion or judgment on your decision too quickly, lest you invalidate the whole process that is still unfolding for you. Oh, I know this comment goes out to so many of you. Remember, judgments divide you. Truth not only sets you free, but restores you to wholeness. The renowned psychic who was often called the sleeping prophet, Edgar Cayce, often repeated while in his deep trance state that the mind is the builder. In fact, the whole sequence he offered frequently was, spirit is the life, the mind is the builder, and the physical is the result. It's fairly obvious that to be able to master how we express ourselves as spirit and live our lives in this world, we need to learn to master our mind through which we build all that becomes our physical life here. What is most often ignored in the formula mind over matter is what minds the mind itself. If the mind can rule over matter, who or what rules over the mind? As Edgar Casey said, spirit is the life. There is no life without spirit. Exactly. As, <clears throat> as Jesus often repeated to those who would listen, you are the light of the world. You not only illuminate this world, but that also means you bring life into this world. Without you, your body is but so many pounds of inanimate matter. It's you, the spirit, that incarnates into the body that literally breathes life into it. When it's your time to make your exit from this world, your body stops breathing. You, the life breath, no longer occupies the body to keep it alive. You literally are the life of this party. So back to our exploration of the mind itself, if like Mr. Casey said, the mind is the builder, how exactly does the mind do its building? Well, simply put, it's like the old acronym, GIGO, <laughs> right? From the early computer industry, garbage in, garbage out. What you hold in your mind, the mind produces into the world. If you hold a beautiful vision in your mind, the mind will begin to produce that beauty into the world and your life in it. Artists throughout history have done that. If you hold thoughts equivalent to the daily junk mail the average emailer gets each day, well then, your mind will produce that junk into the world and your life. Likewise, if you hold selfish thoughts without much awareness of the whole of life and others, your mind will produce more isolation for you. Garbage in, garbage out. What you hold and what you put in and you hold in your mind, even unconsciously, is what will you put out into your life in this world. That's exactly how resistance works. You've all heard versions of the metaphysical adage. 
what you resist persists or what you resist you become. When you even unwittingly hold on to thoughts, feelings, and images of resistance in your mind, your mind will produce more of that which you are resisting into your life and the world. What your mind produces is based on the mental images that you hold in it. The main problem with images containing resistance of any kind is that the images of the very thing you don't want and are fighting against. I notice this frequently when I clairvoyantly observe humans interacting with animals. If the human isn't aware that the animal doesn't think in the same way as humans do and expects the animal to follow the command of, let's say, don't do that, most of the time, they'll discover that the animal doesn't obey or even do the very thing that they are being told not to do. Why? Well, in their mind, the intellectual no doesn't compute because the picture the human is presenting has the very thing that the human doesn't want that animal to do. It's like those road signs depicting something with that red slash across it to indicate that what is depicted in the sign is not to be done. For example, the common no U-turn sign has a red circle with a black upside down U-shaped arrow, right? Indicating making a U-turn with a red slash across that symbol. Intellectual humans understand that sign to mean not to make a U-turn. Don't make that U-turn, right? It's perfectly fine when you're making a physical sign like that because we can see the red slash across the symbol for what you're not supposed to do. Yet in the mind, human and animal, the image we create is the image for the thing that we are not wanting to happen it's only in our intellect that doesn't get into the mental image that we believe the no to be there. A similar confusion tends to happen with very young children who have not established themselves in the logical reasoning aspect of their mind yet. The part of their mind that is predominant in the earlier age is the feeling and image-based area of the mind, not the reasoning intellectual aspect. The child will tend to rely on the feeling or the image, which doesn't include the intellectual no instruction. Ah, so the only thing you see is the thing you're not supposed to do without the no. <laughs> I realized this about myself as an adult when I examined why I had absolutely no problems following one person's driving instructions to a location I didn't know while with another one I could make I couldn't make heads or tails of it no matter how many times I tried and went over them. Then I noticed that in most cases the latter type of directions were intellectually more comprehensive 
they were the type of directions that told me that there would be a side street on the left after a big tree, but do not turn there. Instead of turning there, keep going until you pass a greenhouse on the right side with a rose garden in front. <laughs> when you see the house, keep going. <laughs> that type of direction seems on the surface so much more complete and precise, yet I did so much better understanding simpler directions that sometimes were like, go straight on three, Third Street, Turn left on Parker and go a ways until you pass a cafe on the left. And the place is right next door to it. <laughs> There's so many examples we could give on that alone. Well, we're believe it or not, we're at our first break already. So please mark your calendars. Coming up this very weekend, we would like to invite each and every one of you on Saturday, December 3rd and Sunday, December 4th. We're offering a special Holy Days remote for Zoom class plus a bonus Zoom Q&A weekend event. The overall title for this weekend is Tis the Season to Know Your Joyous Soul, Unwrapping Your Psychic Gifts This Christmas and Hanukkah. And I will also now list the titles of all the two-hour Zoom classes. Um, this Saturday uh, morning for Pacific Time, it's the Spirit of Christmas Present, your key to celebrate eternal life here now. The second two-hour class is Restoring the Peace of Your Loving Heart, Tools for Knowing Your Psychic Self. The third class, which is on Pacific Time Sunday morning, The Gift of Asking, The Secret to Reclaiming Your Creative Power, and the afternoon class, Pacific Time, Peace on Earth, Good God's Will to All, Your Psychic Recipe for Happiness and Success. Plus, anyone who takes part in at least one of our Zoom classes during this weekend event can join us for our fun and profound bonus post-class Zoom Q&A talk story and social on Sunday following the last class. For the full write-up and details or to sign up, Go to the December calendar event section of our website, michaeltamora.com, or call our office and speak with our fabulous assistant, Debbie, who is listening to our show today, yay, at 530-926-2650, weekdays during business hours specific time. We'll be right back to continue with Mind Your Own Business. Be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. 
And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. We're back. (laughs) We're glad that you are too. And to all of those of you who are just tuning into our show now, welcome aboard. We've been exploring mind, your own business. So let's get right back to this fascinating topic. Yeah, right before the break, uh, I was giving an example of different kinds of people giving directions on where to go, (laughs) how fast to get there. (laughs) But one time I noticed what I was talking about earlier was, was that there's people who give really precise step-by-step directions that sound like, oh, yeah, you, you can't miss that, where, where they're giving very detailed directions, very verbal. And then there are those that seem to just go, oh, yeah, you go down that street and then, you know, turn left and over there. And <laughs> it's very vague, verbally speaking. But one time I, I'm really going, wait a minute, how come this, the directions I got from this particular person that was so precise and complete and verbally explicit and everything, I had a really hard time following, whereas this other direction from this other person that just was so simple and what most people would consider vague, I had no problem getting to where I needed to get to. And I finally realized one time, when such a person who like the second type just giving oh yeah yeah go way down over there and then just turn left over there yeah you'll know where to turn and and then yeah then you'll get there and (laughs) i had no problems and i finally realized when i was listening to this person give those very vague directions his pictures his pictures that he had in his mind of where i'm supposed to go and how to get there was so clear to me. That's what I was relying on, not the words. Whereas the other person who just gave very verbose, detailed uh, directions, I just couldn't make heads or tails about it because there was no clear picture. (laughs) The person didn't have the picture of the place, visual image in his mind. It was all intellectual. It was us all words describing things, you know, the best he could kind of a thing. But it, it just, I had nothing to go on on the image level. I, I'm like that, I'm more like a kid in that way that I was talking about earlier. Kids go on, the little kids, not the big kids, but the little kids go on image, you know, mental image and feeling than the intellectual. And that's why you could give a whole dissertation 
that may sound good, but it's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but if you're, if you're feeling it and you're clear in your mind what, what it is, then the child will get you a lot more. So anyway, that's, that's an example of the images. As far as your mind is concerned, it's, it's all pictures. And a simple analogy of how that part of the mind produces stuff in your life in the mm -hmm. world is a bit like how a movie projector in the back of the theater produces an ongoing audiovisual story that seems to unfold on the big screen in front of the theater. Whatever image that you put in front of the light in the projector gets projected through the lens onto the silver screen. The story of the movie pictures then comes alive in the world on a screen. Yes, your mind is a powerful thing. Be careful what images you hold in it. Well, the mastery of the mind tends to begin with meditation of some sort. You have to first become aware of your mind more closely. Rather than looking out into the seemingly huge world out there, you have to turn your awareness inward into the limitless expanse of the mind within you. What makes it seem as if you have a distinctly separate mind from everyone else and that no one can read your mind depends on the set of pictures that you've built as a private fortress within a small portion of the limitless mind. In the big picture, if you will, there's only one undivided limitless mind. That squatter's analogy that Raphael mentioned earlier is very much like how it is. Each of us has made our own little mind real estate. <laughs> we, we become like a little landlord of a tiny portion of the limitless mind to call ours. When you become a bit more aware of that, you start to discover that all minds seem to somehow be connected. Yet rather than trillions and quadrillions of separate little minds somehow being connected, there's only one mind. And the trillions or quadrillions of souls are using bits of mind space as their own unique rental units. When you recognize that, then it's not a stretch to realize that all psychic abilities work because in truth, we're all sharing the same mainframe and cloud service <laughs> with our individual encrypted usernames and passwords with all kinds of firewalls and high security systems in place. Well, some people don't. <laughs> <laughs> that essentially what your ego is, right? The, the, the self-appointed director of security. But just like a good hacker can get access to information held in someone else's cloud space or computer, your psychic awareness allows you to see and experience more and more of what is held in the expanse of the mind and not only your data or life experience. Now, if you start to master a greater expanse of the limitless mind, you discover that free will is a very important part of the whole life in the world game. Just because you can't, just because you can doesn't entitle you 
to hack into someone else's mind to mess with it in any way. Their claim portion of mind is not your business at all. It doesn't mean you can't be aware of them. It means you can't hack into their space unless the, you ask to do that to help them for some specific situation. Much like a, a personal computer owner might call a technician to remotely fix a problem. And that normally uses strict protocols and wouldn't be a free pass for the technician to just go through your computer any which way. As you explore the vastness and power of the mind, you can free yourself of a multitude of junk mail that you've unknowingly stored in your mind for a long time. Not only would you lighten up your awareness, but you would brighten up your life and the world around you. Remember, you are the light of the world. You have to own that sooner or later if you're too fully awaken. Well, many of you are aware when we start to talk about the mind, it seems like it might be separate than you as a spirit, and it's very much not. Um, I read some time ago a quote from, I think it was a, a very famous Tibetan lama, I can't remember which one right now, but what he said was an undisciplined Mind is a wasted life. And the word discipline is something that many of you want to run away from because discipline sounds like restriction. But actually, this type of discipline helps you to work your way to your freedom, to the, to the bigger mind, to the knowing of everything. So, for instance, when Michael was talking about being able to access the expanse of the mind, which is the whole thing, this is where some of the greater or greatest psychics and, and also more enlightened people are able to access and do things like uh, transport their bodies from one place to another without getting into a car, train, or airplane, or whatnot, bicycle. Or a person can feel the time waves and experience uh, some of the possible futures that are going on. It's quite exciting when you start to be able to be within yourself and yet still have access to everything. And I think it's very important to really understand not hacking into other people's minds. When I, for instance, do a clairvoyant reading, I am looking at someone and giving them information about themselves and their energy field and and maybe some programming or something like that. But I'm doing that with that person's agreement and permission to be able to work with their energy. And when they're when I'm done with them, they take it from there. Um, one of the things that happens sometimes when I give a reading, for instance, is someone says, oh, I feel so great. I feel wonderful. This is the best I've felt in a while. And then they want me to do it for them once a week. And I say, absolutely not. Um, this is for you to learn how to do, and this is just an experience so you can see how much better you feel and how much more aware you are and, you know, the headache is not there because that person isn't in your head, how to, to be able to learn how to keep someone out of your head. And it takes tools, and it starts just like Michael said, with that meditation. 
Yeah, <clears throat> I was just thinking about earlier on when Raphael was talking about the uh, the Borg <laughs> from Star Trek. <laughs> Raphael's always been a, a real Trekkie. Uh, Tricky trekker, whatever it's called yeah. these days. <laughs> but well, what is what is yeah. that thing with every Star Trek movie and show starts with uh, space, the final frontier, right? <laughs> and it's it's well, it's based about it's based in the future of when space travel is very very everyday kind of a thing, and where you have groups of people that's just going out to the real deep space, you know, way beyond, and explore new horizons, new territory, new new places. And, of course, if you're exploring way out into the other reaches of the universe, you're, gonna, you're bound to run into civilizations and races and species that, you know, you could hardly imagine here on Earth. But... Huh, what is that about? Most people consider that, well, even just today with uh, the James Webb telescope and everything, and you're getting pictures from way out there that nobody's ever really seen before. And people are just going, wow, they're having their minds blown. It's like, wow, look at that. And how many trillions or quadrillions of of galaxies with with all those all those. Uh, uh, planets and stars and everything it's it's kind of mind-boggling oh and why is it mind-boggling it's it's shaking up your mind that little fortress i was talking about earlier that that little so-called safe space that you create in your in the vastness of limitless mind and you you claim a small portion of it just saying, this is my mind, you know? Ah, and you can't read my mind because I have a Fort Knox security system, <laughs> firewalls all over the place. But the, this is the hilarious thing. So many times, it's less nowadays, but, but in the past, so many times when I got introduced at a uh, – conference or something where I'm addressing a bunch of people and somebody would introduce me as a clairvoyant and in inevitably there'd be people in the audience that would start to try to block whatever their secrets are and it's it's quite hilarious because I always say the most boring thing to me, is someone else's secret. The, the only person who's excited about their secret is the one keeping it <laughs> from, from someone else who's not, not that person. Uh, their secret is like, what, so what's the big deal? You know, it's like not interesting <laughs> and not interested. But that's where a lot of people go. It's like, oh, no, that person's going to read my mind and, and know what I'm thinking and all that stuff. So not interesting. <laughs> Plus, we teach the practice of being in your own space and not yeah. invading someone else's space that way. Yeah, you don't have to hack somebody else's mind. But but when you don't have all those barriers, you're going to see it anyway. And, and you see how immaterial any of that stuff is. There's something so much greater. 
And so when you're going to the outer expanses of the universe and exploring new new spaces out there, what you're really doing is you're starting to open your mind up that there's more to your mind than anything you ever thought possible. And that's how a lot of people have to go is they have to experience it like on the physical level and take a spaceship and go way out there and go, whoa, there's other species or other kinds of civilizations out there. And, and it seems like endless, but what's endless is the expanse of your mind because all of it, the entire, all the universes, everything is, where do you experience it? In your mind, all right? We're at our second break already, so we'd like to remind you it's time to celebrate the holy days and their significance in your psychic life. Please check out our website, michaeltamura.com. That's, you know how to spell Michael, T-A-M, as in Mary, U-R-A.com. For all the details for our upcoming special Holy Days remote weekend event, open to everyone, and it is titled, Tis the Season to Know Your Joyous Soul, Unwrapping Your Psychic Gifts, This Christmas and Hanukkah, consisting of four Zoom classes and a bonus Zoom Q&A social that's happening this Saturday, December 3rd and Sunday, December 4th. If you can't make it, you can always buy the recording of it. Uh, So be sure you know that. You can also call our office and speak with our assistant, Debbie, at 530-926-2650 for information or to sign up. It's a most delightful, productive, and healing way to launch and celebrate your holy days and live your psychic and spiritual life. We'll be back with you shortly to continue with Mind Your Own Business. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. 
Now back to Living the Miracle. Wonderful to have you back. We've been exploring the all-important and vast topic of mind, your own business. Although the mind is limitless and undivided, it is your own business. It's everyone's own business. So let's continue to go deeper into what the mind is, what we need to do to master the mind, and a few of the pitfalls to avoid in the process. So when we speak of the mind... We're really speaking of the overall awareness of everything. Um, Until you are an enlightened master, you don't have this, I don't have this, none of us has this. But as we progress on our path, we have it more and more and more. And for instance, one of the things that's very common with pretty much everyone is uh, it's a, a part of the mind that loves to judge. And I would say this part of the mind isn't really a part of the mind. It's the ego, right? I like this. I don't like that. And for some of you, you have that thing inside your mind that's like is like a, a judgment machine. Just everything that comes along is like, oh, that's icky. Or, you know, it's like almost like the criticizer. And it criticizes everything, even things that are good for you. I've, I've actually had people who have come through my classes or even my readings that have this. And sometimes it's just another entity uh, putting that through that person. So it's another, uh, let's say, disincarnate ego. And other times it's just the nature of how that person has taught, been taught to think. So let's talk a little bit about judgment. What difference have you noticed over time as you've dispensed with believing in judgment pictures that pop up in your mind? Or have you (laughs) dispensed of it? How do you tell the difference between becoming aware of a judgment picture or you consciously deciding to take action about something? So a lot of times the reason why we judge is uh, it's in a way a survival mechanism. We just, we judge something, oh, this isn't good for me, and, and we back off from it, and that's the correct use, use of this. But if we're constantly, constantly in our mind judging everything and making fun of everything and all that kind of stuff, it's time to pay attention to this and go, do I really need to do this? And for some people, for instance, when they go through a crisis, the judgment is, this is too hard, I'm going to go have a drink. That's what's programmed in all of the TV programs and movies. Oh, I can't handle this, so I'm going to drink and get out of my body. And then you come back in, and that problem is still there, right? So when you're believing in judgment pictures and following through on them or just judging everyone all the time, it really takes you off your path because you're not you're not doing that from a space of intuition. You're just doing that, producing these judgment pictures. And we've talked many times on our show about uh, blowing pictures. You, you have a judgment picture come up and you explode that picture or put it in a, the image of a rose and explode it. It makes it a little more pleasant. Yes, the rose is like a garbage can, but it's a nice image used by spiritual masters for many, many millennia. But how do you tell the difference between becoming aware of a judgment picture and deciding to take action about something? Well, if a judgment picture is doing you no good, it has no purpose at all except to just judge someone, that is the reason why you need to move away from it or just how I do it is, oh, I'm judging that person and I just take that judgment and let it go. 
or I, if it goes over and over and over again, I'll even point in my mind to my ego and go, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> and I'm not going to follow through on that because that's not going to be any good for me or do me or the other person any good. You know, if someone is so judgy that they go to another person and criticize their clothes or make fun of their face or whatnot, um, that's just creating a lot of negativity and that's getting you off your path. Yeah. And why we're talking about judgment so much in relationship to the mind, to being able to master your mind is essentially, okay, what's judgment? The only purpose for judgment, when we create a judgment against or for, it doesn't matter if it's a good judgment or a bad judgment, we're still creating an image that we put around ourselves as spirit, as awareness, to break it up, to divide it up into this is my awareness and that's your awareness, <laughs> and the never the twain shall meet. It's like a division. Yeah. In, in this vastness of limitless awareness, we put s silly little images in front of us to say, okay, this here's the line. You are on that side of the line and I on this side of the line and we're two separate you know individuals we're two separate and we and the more afraid we are if you'll notice uh, judgments are based always on fear and the fear of anything fear of unknown fear of loss fear of you know whatever failure and we're just going okay i'm going to protect myself this little small territory of mind space that i claim for me I'm going to protect from you. I'm going to protect from that. I'm going to protect from anything that threatens me. And that thing, it's not a real thing. It's just that experience is what we call ego, right? The ego is a whole self-protective mechanism. And, and so when we start to look at, become much, much more aware of judgments, you'll, you'll be amused after a little while in the beginning you might not be because the judgments are based on fear it's resistance and and it's isolationism but if you start to kind of relax let your guard down this is the process we call opening your mind right i'm sure every one of you knows at least someone who you experience as a very closed-minded narrow-minded person who just, this is it, and that's it, and anything that doesn't fit into this little cubicle over here uh, is not real, is, this is not true, it's bad, da 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 and stay out of my way. <laughs> and you go, okay. <laughs> that closed-mindedness means that person is so enclosed in so many judgment pictures that their mind space is very, very, very limited. And that's a silly thing to say about mind, which is limitless. Yeah, we, we're the ones limiting our own minds. And as we have our sometimes what we experience is, oh, man, I, I got my mind blown. The mind is indestructible. You can't blow the mind up. <laughs> but you can blow up the intricately preserved structure of judgments and other images in your mind for your security purposes. And when somebody exposes you to some experience that that 
okay, you can't stay any longer in that little tiny cubicle of yours, safe cubicle of yours. It, it blows the walls down. Then you're exposed, so to speak. On a mind level, you're, you're not in this little tiny safe, uh, safe room anymore. You're, you're out in the open. And you go, oh, my God, my mind was blown. I don't know what to do. I'm, I just don't, you know, my reality that I so treasured and, and, and uh, so completely held on to is no longer there. Or part of it's no longer there. Ah, it takes a little time of adjustment to go, you know what? But I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm still aware. I'm still experiencing stuff. And you know what? It's maybe not that bad. In fact, it's brighter in here. Am I at least a little bit happier? Hmm. There's something to this. <laughs> and little by little, the soul learns to let go of these judgments and let go of trying to hold on to this tiny piece of real estate in the mind and expand their mind, open their mind to greater horizons, become more aware. And that's the process of awakening, isn't it? It's the process of all spiritual growth, is letting go of what we held on to in our mind to limit ourselves and then our awareness gets less limited and less limited until we realize awareness is not only limitless and free, but we are. Not only we have awareness, we are awareness itself. And awareness is so simple. It's limitless, eternal, and all. And so what happens whenever you put anything in your awareness, you become aware of it. And you're, you're so powerful. The awareness is so much power that you make the image in your awareness your reality. You become it instead of being aware that you're aware of this image. So this is a big part of awareness training and, and mastering your mind is becoming more and more aware of the awareness itself rather than get hung up on what happens to occupy your awareness at this moment. Uh, that's why all those meditation, beginning meditation practices are about uh, your thoughts and everything that you start to become more aware of when you quiet yourself down. Huh. It, it seems like a bunch of random chatter and all that stuff, noise. You just let it pass. You don't engage in it. You find your neutrality. And then you'll find all these judgments and all kinds of other images passing by, pain images and, and anger images and you name it, just passing by. And if you do that on a regular basis, consistently, you'll start to be able to do that out of your quiet meditation in everyday life. You'll start to notice all that stuff's going on all the time anyway. And when you don't hold on to it and engage with any of that, and especially those judgment pictures, huh? you become less and less judgmental. You become less and less afraid. You become more and more opened. 
And you start to become so much more aware and you let the light in, so to speak. <laughs> you become more aware how bright life really is and how bright you really are. You have less barriers. You're less isolated. And the way to go about that is called communication. <laughs> Real estate agents might go location, location, location. <laughs> but anybody who wants to master their mind, it's about communication, communication, communication. The more you're able to say hello to everyone and anyone and anything, the more you start to open your mind, the more aware you become. The other thing is when you're first doing this and you do close your eyes and you start to hear all that stuff going on inside your mind, it's always a lot of times an excuse for people to not practice these things. But we have coming up next week um, a show that will help cover that. Well, here we are again at the end of our show today. We certainly appreciate you joining us. We hope that our show inspired you and offered you new awareness and understanding of the nature of your mind and how you might be able to access much more of it than you thought possible. We welcome you to tune in next Wednesday for the episode I just mentioned, which is titled Meditation, Your Magic Mind Carpet. Hop aboard for a little fun trip on and about your own magic mind carpet. Make sure to join us on Saturday, December 3rd and Sunday, December 4th. That is this coming weekend. And these uh, these weekend seminars are amazing. Michael is a wonderful teacher. You won't be sorry. Oh, this one, I, I'm teaching that one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is titled, Tis the Season to Know Your Joyous Soul, Unwrapping Your Psychic Gifts This Christmas and Hanukkah. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and any or all of the four Zoom classes and the bonus Q&A social. Check our website or call our office at 530-926-2650 for all the details or to sign up. And we have a new newsletter out. You can also ask Debbie, who answers that phone, for uh, the newsletter as well. It's on, on email. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. <laughs>